Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you. Because this is a wild ride. 
nothing but unfiltered talk and the hardcore truth. Mega, mega, mega. Everybody, this is Rory Sodder. Thank you for listening to the Rory Sodder Show. It's great to be with all of you and have you all on. Um, we are back. We we had our last show yesterday. We have a lot going on. We have our huge guest, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, calling in right now in the next couple minutes. So we are very excited. Uh, I believe we have James on the line. Is that correct? Yeah, thank you for having me, Rory. Absolutely. And you know what? We were doing a show before, and it totally got disconnected, so we had to start the show over. Uh, I apologize to my audience if you guys, all of you are listening, and it was a totally uh, bad connection. Never happened before. The system totally shut down. It's the oddest thing, but we are back. We have a huge show. We have a lot to talk about. I'm getting Mike Zolo on the line. We are ready. We are. This is a big show tonight. J- Sheriff Joe is calling in any second. What's up, bro? Do you want? Do you have him calling in? Bear with me, guys. We got Sheriff Joe calling in. Sheriff Joe. Sheriff Joe. So, what's on your mind? Talk to me, Zolo. Oh man, I was a little pissed off with what happened to Sean Hannity. Oh, absolutely. I got the. I got the clip right. I got the clip right here of him confirming. Um, you know, they were trying to say that Michael Cohen um, was, you know, representing his, his client, Sean Hannity, yeah. as well. And, and it was just totally untrue. <laughs> well, Sean totally Hannity untrue. Like, um, I just talked you to hear about this real clip. Hannity. Hannity clears it up for everyone. Here's the clip. Take the clip. Here we go. Go ahead. All right, there's been all kinds of wild speculation from the mainstream media today about me and President Trump's personal attorney, Michael Cohn, after my name was mentioned in court proceedings earlier today. Now, predictably, without knowing all or, frankly, any of the facts, the media went absolutely insane, wall-to-wall, hour-by-hour <laughs> coverage of yours truly. He stood up and he said the name Sean Hannity. How did he say it? Was it like Sean Hannity? Sean Hannity. 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 Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity. 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 Hannity, Sean Hannity, Sean Hannity, Sean Hannity, Sean Hannity, Hannity, Sean Hannity, 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 Sean Hannity, Sean Hannity, Sean Hannity, Sean Hannity, Sean Hannity, 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 Sean 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 Hannity, all right. Am I, is it my surprise by any of this? No, of course not, because this is what the media in this country does. Let me set the record straight. Here's the truth. Michael Cohn never represented me in any legal matter. I never retained his services. I never received an invoice. I never paid Michael Cohn for legal fees. I did have occasional brief conversations with Michael Cohn. He's a great attorney about legal questions I had, or I was looking for input and perspective. 
my discussions no with Michael sense. Cohn never rose to any level that I needed to tell anyone uh, that I was asking him questions. And to be absolutely clear, they never involved any matter, any, sorry to disappoint so many, matter between me or third party, a third group at all. And our, my questions exclusively almost focused on real estate. I've said many times on my radio show, I hate the stock market. I prefer real estate. Michael knows real estate. So in response to all the wild speculation, I want to set the record the straight, straight here tonight. I want to ask Michael Cohn to bring this proceeding on my behalf. I have no personal interest in this legal matter. That's all there is, nothing more. So maybe the media could try and start focusing in on the biggest abuse of power scandal in this country, or maybe the forgotten men and women in this country who the 2016 election was about, you know, jobs getting off of poverty, out of food stamps. Maybe we'll focus on that, national security. 105 out of 105 missiles hit their target. Sheriff Joe, our special guest, our amazing guest, our unbelievable, uh, is here. Are you here, Sheriff Joe? Yes. Uh, something wrong with all the telephones. I made it. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so sorry about the connection, sir. There was... For like 20 minutes, uh, my server went down, and this has never happened in the studio. And I basically had to redo the entire episode and put it all back together. But I'm glad to finally have you here. Um, you know you're a hero of mine. Um, you're, you're one of my huge inspirations. You know, this is such an honor. And you're back for a second time. You were here a couple weeks ago. It's good to have you back. Okay. Uh so, am I on? You are on, Joe. And everybody, a lot of people have questions for you. A lot of big fans. Okay. Mike Zolo, right. James. Okay. So, you want to hit me with the questions? Oh, absolutely, Joe. So, you know, there's so much there's so much to discuss and talk about. I mean, you know, your, your resume is unbelievable. I mean, the U.S. Army, you are the U.S. Army, you are a Korean War veteran. You were a Korean War veteran, and that doesn't get talked about enough. I mean, that's amazing. Well, I was a police officer in Washington, D.C., Las Vegas, Nevada, and my big career was a U.S. Drug Enforcement uh, DEA as a diplomatic attache, owned a business, sheriff for 24 years. I can go on and on, but that's okay. And, Joe, and you, for tur- now let me, let me uh, understand this. You were drug enforcement for what countries exactly? There were a few of them, you said. Well, I was in Turkey and Syria. I was the head of the DEA there, locking up dope peddlers. Then I was the director also in Mexico City, South America. Then I was the head of the DEA in Texas, head of DEA in Arizona, sheriff for 24 years. So I spent 35 years on both sides of the uh, border out of my 58 years in law enforcement. So the reason I bring that up, right now today, Turkey, Syria, Mexico are the hot spots. I just happened to uh, serve in those countries way back. And you, uh, and you were doing... Yeah, go ahead, James. Hey, you know, I, I have a question because I, I actually looked up your resume and I saw that you were working in Turkey. And I was wondering... Uh, if you had any input on the Assad family and their drug trade and uh, their connection to the drug trade, and also uh, Turkey's role and Syria's role 
uh, Lebanon and Hezbollah's role in sending uh, massive amounts of drugs to Europe? Is this intentional? Is this going to the highest levels of government? Uh, can you put that input? And do you see a connection between that and Mexico? Like, this, is, this, is this also happening at the highest levels in Mexico? Are these, uh, are these drug cartels infiltrating the government and sending this stuff intentionally to our country? Well, there was a connection when I was way back in Turkey because the opium that was grown there was uh, sent to uh, Marseille, France, to be converted to heroin, smuggled into our country, controlled by the mafia. But also Mexico was a place, a transit area, so all the heroin actually came through Mexico into our country. So there was that connection. It isn't that now. Mexico is uh, the main country right now smuggling all types of drugs, especially heroin, into our country. As far as corruption, yeah, there was corruption in Mexico. I worked with General Noriega in Panama, had a couple agents there. He was corrupt, but still, I'd rather be there than not there. So he was playing both sides of the fence. Yeah, I saw corruption uh, in the Middle East, uh, but uh, we have to work around it sometimes to get the job done. Did the Assad's ever actually, come up? Uh, actually, when you talk about corruption, they're always blaming Mexico and other countries. I have to say, I think we got a lot, little corruption in our country. Everybody and, talks about corruption in other countries. What about our country? Right. Political corruption, all types of corruption, especially political corruption. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and, James, you were saying something else. You wanted to ask him something else. You were continuing with something. Go ahead, James. Oh, I just saw that you, you were serviced also in France for four years. Is that is that correct? I spent two years in France. And I was wondering, uh, did, did uh, this tough views on assimilation and immigration, did that influence you? No. This was so far back, I didn't know how to spell the word immigration. It only picked up steam in the last 15 years, and I happened to be the sheriff uh, in those 24 years where immigration came to the forefront, became a big political issue. It still is a big uh, political, especially, uh, especially illegal immigration. So uh, I got caught up in that, of course, uh, I guess I did too good of a job. My people and I, since they went after me, uh, the Obama administration finally got me in a contempt of court, which is a witch hunt. So that's another issue. So um, that's why I mentioned corruption in our own country with politicians. And, and that's the thing, Joe. You know, I want to ask you about that contempt of court. That was complete gibberish set up by the Obama administration and Eric Holder, correct? Yeah. 60 days after Holder came from a certain law firm, which connects uh, to the judge, I heard my case eight years later, but Holder went over to be attorney general. 60 days. And then they started this uh, so-called racial profiling probe. And uh, here we are uh, eight years later, and they hit me with a contempt of court that I didn't obey the judge's illegal order and uh, hit me with a contempt of court. Same same uh, time you can get for a barking dog, 
and give me a jury trial, charge me with the wrong charge, hit me a day before early voting started, and then two weeks later, charge me with a misdemeanor, contempt of court, and then George Soros pumped in over three million against me in the in the election. So I had a tough time winning the general election, which I lost. Mm. But I did win the primary. I never lost a uh, Republican primary. So I decided and you... just recently. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, John. Go keep going. So I decided recently to run for U.S. Uh, Senate to take Flake's uh, seat. So campaign is doing pretty good. I came in late. My opponents, of course, had money they carried over from their other campaigns. I'm starting from zero, but I'm doing okay. I want to win. I want to take care of our president when I get down to uh, Washington. Oh, absolutely. And here's the thing, Joe. Um, You have, I mean, you look at your background, you look at your resume, everything you've done in your life, I mean, you've done it all. I mean, you, you, I mean, it's a Korean War veteran, police officer for D.C. and Las Vegas, U.S. Drug Enforcement official, U.S. Diplomatic Attache, small business owner operator, sheriff of Maricopa County for 25 years. And, you know, and here we get here's another thing. The Tent City thing was one of the most brilliant things ever made, and it's absolutely fantastic that, um, you know, saving taxpayers all that money, you know, just the whole ideology behind it was brilliant. I mean, live military style. The military does it over in the Middle East. Why can't people that get into trouble do it? You know what I mean? The pink handcuffs, the pink underwear. I love, I love it. You made you, the whole uh, tradition. It's great. Well, you know, I'm proud of my background, uh, but you know, I ran a lot of offices, federal and uh, sheriff's office. Uh, so you're only as good as the people that work for you. Uh, but the frustration is, I can never get the story out, the true story, through the media, and I've been dealing with the media. My whole life, love-hate yeah. relationship. Uh, I know. I survived. Yeah. So, and, and when you bring up a love-hate relationship, Joe, you're absolutely right when you bring that up in the sense that they love to be around you. They want the they want your publicity. They want to interview you. They want to talk to you. They want your picture. But then they go talk bad about you. They're two-faced. <laughs> yeah. Well. It's a new ball game when you're dealing with the media. Just look what they're doing uh, to, uh, you know, President Trump and what they're doing to him. They did to me. Uh, so oh, I was yeah. willing from July 2015, right from the beginning. Now I have opponents that all at once know how to spell his name. They're big uh, Trump people, but where where were they a year ago and so on? But that's good. At least they got on board. But my concern is. If they get to Washington, are they going to flip the other way? Probably will. Right. Right. No, absolutely. absolutely. And here's the thing. You know, I, I don't trust a lot of these people uh, in Washington. I mean, they're, they're, this swamp is evil, Joe. I mean, it, it is evil. You look at the scumbags that are representing Arizona, Jeff Flake, John McCain. I mean, just terrible, awful people. I mean, 
it's it's something that uh, Arizona deserves so much better. You know what I mean? They, we need you, Joe. Well, I'm working hard to get there. I'll be a one-term guy. I'm not going to run again. Uh, so I'll do my six years. And just about that time, Trump will be leaving too. Uh, so I'm not going to exactly. make a career. And, um, you know, people say you're old and all that garbage. They'll throw everything at you. So let them say it. I'm, uh, I, I know what I can do and uh, I'm going to do it. I don't need a job. And uh, but I got to do it for uh, President American Trump people. and try to support his uh, agenda because what he does, you know, it connects with Arizona people. I'm, I'm the senator for Arizona. And my first uh, uh, thing I want to do as a senator, and I'm going to do it, is uh, open an office at the border uh, and yep. uh, be controversial. Uh, but, you know, after spending 20, 35 years on both sides, I think I know Mexico. I know how to negotiate. I know they don't like me. I know they don't want me to go into the country. I know the cartels have hits on me. You know what? It doesn't bother me. I'm going in there. So um see what I can do. That's my oh, first absolutely. objective. First objective. Yeah, and Joe, I, I, you know, you've always... You've always been so pro-immigration. And you know what I've always said to everyone? The, the state of Arizona is safer because of America's toughest Sheriff, Jer- Sheriff Joe Arpaio. You made sure that the, our, us American citizens were safe, and you were, you were taking care of these illegals, getting them out of here, and, and making well, sure... I, yeah. They weren't yeah. walking. Well, I don't see them enforcing. I don't see anybody enforcing the illegal immigration laws like I did. I don't see them raiding the private businesses like I've arrested hundreds and hundreds. And these right. uh, people that work, uh, they're here. Uh, they're stealing, uh, you know, social security and driver licenses. We lock them up for that, not just being here illegal. I don't see that going on. So where is everybody? We have the laws to do it. We got the federal and state laws to do it. So you know, something going on. We have all the resources. Yeah. Lori, can I ask a question real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Hey, Sheriff Joe, it's an honor to speak to you, man. Uh, I was just wondering. So we have a big heroin, well, opioid problem in America heroin um, in particular as well. How much would you say of heroin is coming from the southern border? Would you say it's uh, you know, almost 100%? Yeah, probably. Uh, it used to come from the uh, uh, Middle East. Uh, now the majority is coming from, uh, yeah, from Mexico, made in Mexico. And not just heroin, you got methamphetamine, uh, cocaine. Of course. Comes through there from South America. So Mexico is a very key area. I remember G. Gordon Liddy and I uh, closed, just about closed the border in 69, Operation Intercept under Nixon. And uh, for two uh, weeks, we searched every car, backed up traffic to Mexico City. They hated us more then than they do now, and then I took over as regional director, 
I had a big problem. I had agents there. At that time, you could work undercover. And uh, so I used to have the Attorney General of Mexico over the house, gave him blueberry pie, which he liked, my wife baked, threw some whiskey in. So I got more uh, done with blueberry pie than a big stick. They criticized the president of calling Putin and meeting with Putin and going to meet with the North Korean guy. What's wrong with that? Get in the back room, negotiate, and try to make deals for the good of everybody. So I don't know why they're always being, uh, they always criticize the president because he's dealing with these foreign countries. Well, That's how you do it. They're not used to a president who uh, knows how to negotiate and a president who strategizes on everything. I mean, what's the problem with having a decent relationship with Russia? Yeah, they'll never be our best friends. But, I mean, what's the problem with having a decent relationship with Russia, meeting with North Korea to get them to denuclearize? Look, Obama, Bush, all these other presidents, they could never, ever, ever have accomplished even the thought of a meeting with Kim Jong-un. And look what we're talking about today with President Trump. It's because he's a master strategist, and he strategizes every single thing um, that he does, and and it's masterful. Well, you got one other thing, and that's uh, guts, courage to take the end. Of course, of course. Courage to take a chance. Maybe you won't be successful. How will you know if you don't give it a shot? Exactly. So, uh, so I just I, I just wanted to say, though, uh, so once Trump gets that wall uh, and we get a hold on illegal immigration, I mean, it seems that the heroin problem and the opioid problem can almost go away. I mean, that's amazing to me. If we just secure our border and we had a Congress that actually – help this president move his agenda. We could actually solve the heroin problem in this country. Well, you're very smart because I've been saying for three years, uh, well, longer than that, I've been saying every time there's an election, Congress, they all go down there to get their photo op in front of a chicken fence, and all they talk about is illegal immigration. Now, the president was the first one to talk about heroin coming across the border. So, I don't understand why these other politicians don't mention the drug traffic. Uh, All they talk about is illegal immigration. The the wall is important, if for nothing else, to keep the drugs out of our country, which are destroying our young people. You've got all these young high school people going across the nation, marching, marching, marching. Uh, (laughs) Why don't they go across the country marching about the heroin just killing them in the high schools. They don't talk Excellent about that. Point. Hey, so, Joe, yeah, go ahead, James. Hey, I was wondering, uh, can you can you talk a little bit about the human trafficking on the southern border, the, the child sex trafficking, <laughs> as well as the potential threat of Islamic terrorists coming uh, through the southern border? Well, there's always that opportunity uh I don't believe many arrests are made on that subject. Of course, most of it's the illegal nation, the, the, uh, the drug traffic. But, uh, you know, terrorists come through, too. Uh, so it's very important. Now, when you say secure the border, we must secure the border. If you notice that other word that comes at the end that nobody catches on to by these politicians, they always say secure the border, then they say first, and then 
we will look at the internal illegal immigration. See, that's a cop-out. They don't want to lock up people in the United States. They say secure the border first, and then they'll do it. That's been going on for years. I've been arresting them at the border and in the interior. And right now you have have, uh, states that don't do nothing, sanctuary states, cities that don't do anything about enforcing illegal immigration laws. California actually helps illegal aliens. I mean, forget about putting their head in the sand. California is actually aiding and abetting illegal aliens to the point where the uh, mayor of Oakland, Libby Schaff or whatever, is actually uh, warning criminal illegal aliens with violent crimes of an upcoming ICE raid and letting them hide. I mean, this is this is treasonous. Well, uh, uh, I'm not uh, working uh, for the uh, president uh, right now. I have a close relation in the past. We've done a lot together. Uh, but he has to really clean up the government, too. you got all these guys uh, that work for Obama. They're still there. Right. He has to get start firing all these people and get new people. And, and then you also have the Democrats where they're not even, you know, Trump's Trump's cabinet's cabinet positions aren't even full yet because the Democrats won't uh, they won't complete the nominations. I mean, they're obstructing him at every turn. And these Republicans like Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell are so weak and so against him. That it's, uh, you know, Trump doesn't even have his whole uh, cabinet positions in. Yeah, it's amazing. One of the ladies, I got two women running against me in the primary. Then I got another woman in the general election. I'm not saying because they're women. I mean, I say they're nice ladies. Uh, But it's funny, the one, uh, McSally, (laughs) uh, running against me, uh, she's really established. She's got those two guys you just talked about. So she's got all the establishment, the McCain's and all that, and uh, didn't even know Trump a year ago when she was a congresswoman. Now she's uh, Trump is the greatest. Didn't even vote for yeah. him. So I hope the president understands that. And, and another thing, uh, you have to have some type of loyalty to the commander in chief. You got this guy Comey, who I had some dealings with in the past, going in there meeting the president. And then comes out and uh, makes book on him. Isn't there any any way you can meet a president and talk to him face to face without trying to set him up and come back and uh, look what he's doing now? Trying to sell I mean, a book. I mean, he made fun of his marriage. I mean, what a dirtbag Comey is. He uh, made what fun about of the the, P, uh, the uh, uh, that he he says? Well, I'm not sure about this. But he still throws yeah. it out. So when yeah. people will hear that, because the FBI director is saying it about oh, Russia and the prostitutes, come on, he's doing that purposely. Against and now he's now he's using his book tear into the president, and he thinks he if he wants to be someone, run for office, run for president, but don't use That's a right. book. All these innuendos. And he should know better and uh, how great he was in the government. Okay, maybe he was. But he sure isn't great as the, as the FBI director. I won't get into no. them 
working on my case, a little Mickey Mouse contempt of court case, spending all those resources for political reasons to get rid of me. After being a federal guy all these years and dealt with federal judges and top people around the world, and then they get me on a uh, contempt of court, I got two parking tickets in my life, and I end up in a court, a criminal uh, courtroom behind a table where the uh, judge knew right from the beginning she was going to support the other judge who uh, sent the case to her to get me on a criminal charge. Come on. After all those years, and, and now they call me across the nation, I'm a convicted felon. I'm not a felon. It's a misdemeanor contempt of court, which nobody... Uh, but I fought this. I'm going to continue to fight it because I'll tell you, if they did it to me, they can do it to you. And one day the true story will come out about what happened. And it kind of follows the same highway that Bush and I are traveling. Uh, so I feel sorry uh, for the president. You know, me, I'm not a... I'm not the president. I can, but he's got other uh, worries to contend with, not this Mickey Mouse crap on women and all that. Right. So uh, it's, it's sad. What's this country coming to? By the way, when I mentioned that dossier, uh, the uh, yeah. uh, the uh, steel, um, I got yeah. some indirectly connections with that. So right. that will come out one day, I hope. So and it's a sad day in our country. I I hear I hear you, but and Joe, you know I want I want to ask you, um, very very important, you know with with the with what Trump's doing. I mean we've never seen any president work this hard and do this much for the American people. I mean he's fulfilled, and there was a study that came out. Uh, he fulfilled 70% 70 of his promises in his first year in office. That is unheard of. Most presidents, when they leave, they don't even commit 10% of what they promised. And after their eight years, I mean, uh, Trump has done more in one year than any president in history, in my strong opinion. And from what, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And it brings, Joe, it really brings tears of joy to my eyes. And, it's guys like you and Trump that are the true patriots in this country and that, and that are, are the America, America first agenda. And it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's wonderful to watch us take our country back because it was stolen from us for eight years by Barack Hussein Osama, and it was disgraceful. Well, I'll tell you, we're lucky we got him. Just think if we didn't have this. This is the most critical critical time yep. in our country to have somebody like him. So, yes. Uh but uh, you know, he's he's a fighter, he works hard. Always yep. working, meeting people everywhere, all different types. And uh so and I've known him from, you know, when he first started. Right. Yep. And, uh, got got a lot I of respect, from, I think I told you. I, I, was I think I told you the last time that I, yeah, I, was I never with had him. a hero. Okay. So you go. He's my hero. Oh, he. That's all, Joe. That is so, Joe. That is so cool. And you did tell me that. And Joe, um, I, I do believe Steve uh, Bikers for Trump. Are you on the line? The what? I am. 
Hi, Sheriff Joe. Oh, How are you? Oh, Steve Emery with uh, yeah. Steve Emery in Arizona. I, I wanted to ask you, Joe. Biden uh, for Trump. We have a, a candidate, a Democratic candidate. I'm not sure how to pronounce her name. I think it's Harrell. Cinema. Cinema. No, 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 no. No, hold on, guys. This is for the special elect- election, congressional election. Oh, yeah, election Sun City. Day. So oh, this is okay. Harrell Cipardini versus, uh, you know, former GOP state senator Debbie Lesko. What I wanted to ask Les- you, Joe. Lesko, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a, this is a Trent Frank's, uh, Frank Trensel. Right. Um, uh, do you, what is your team? Because I saw a poll out today that says it's, it's neck and neck. So I'm really worried. This is a really important seat for us. What are your people in your team uh, saying about that? We've got this special election coming Tuesday. Uh, do we need to be worried about losing that seat? What are your people saying? I don't saying, think so. Though? My campaign manager is running hers. Uh, I don't believe the polls. That's a strong Republican area. If she loses, we all got problems because that covers Sun City. You know how they are. They go out and vote. Uh, and uh, so I think uh, there's a lot of hype going on, but I'm sure she'll pull it out. I know her. Actually, I supported her opponent uh, uh, before uh, Montenegro. Uh, and uh, Trent and I try to help him, even though Trent had some problems. So there's a lot of things going on in Arizona. Don't forget. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really, Don't really forget. disappointed with uh, with Trent and uh, you know them pushing on him. Those uh, Trent Franks. You know, yeah, Trent Franks. He wanted to have a you know a, a surrogate mother. Uh, it's about right. it's about getting a child. In what his a family. weirdo! The, the whole the whole scenario was just so horrible. And Trent Franks was awesome, man. We're so we're so. Unfortunate that we're losing him, but I just want yeah. Thank you for your feedback. I just I saw some polls earlier today, and and it's so important that we keep that district eight red. And and you know I just wanted to get some feedback, Sheriff Joe. So thank you so much for that feedback. And are you in Arizona? I am. I'm in Arizona. Yes. He's the, he's the uh, moderator for Bikers for Trump. Steve, you wanted to make an announcement about your Bikers for Trump. Uh, uh what you were doing, you just got promoted. Well, yeah, I got promoted as a regional moderator, so I'm uh, covering over 13 states in the West now, and we have chapters in every state. And what we're also doing this weekend is we're going to go down to Phoenix. We we have yet to make a a location, but uh, on Sunday we want to get the bikers down there and we want to rally for for Lesko for this uh, special election. And see, we can't get uh, some volunteers to help help uh, push out and get the vote out. Uh, you know, like I said, that's why I asked right. Joe, because we're going to get involved this weekend to go see if we could rally some bikers and some some of our members, and and uh, uh, we'll go ahead and announce that on Facebook. Most people know uh, we got a Bikers for Trump Arizona a Facebook page with thousands of members and. So yeah, well, thank you, I, for that. Yeah. thank you for that, Roy. And uh, yeah, we we're thinking about going down and and supporting uh, Debbie Lesko and and see if we could get uh, some more people out there getting them active to vote for Lesko. Uh, we have yeah, we well, have the good. election on 
on Tuesday. So we're going to go out right. as volunteers, as bikers, and go down there and uh, okay. get together and rally for Lefko. Yeah. Yeah. I real, love the bikers. Quick. Say hello to them as well. Real quick, we got, somebody on the, we got somebody on the line. Uh, thank you for calling the Rory Sauter Show. Who am I speaking with? Uh, this is Michael from Black for Trump. Oh, Michael Black, Black hey, Trump, Michael, the leader of Black. What's up, Michael? Hey, how you doing? Awesome. How you doing? How you doing, Mike? How you doing, man? We got Joe Arpaio on the I'm line. Good. I know you you want to talk to him. Well, um, yeah, because we need to make sure we win the midterm. They do not um try to impeach Trump and destroy him, and then leave us the people in position to be completely wiped out by um, Hillary and the Democrats because that's what they'll do. So I'm going to be start, I'm going to start working on traveling around to wherever Trump is at and whichever congressman and senator that he's trying to get in, get in so that we can get that policy in. And we got to make, wait, make, make sure that our white European Gentile Republicans get enough Balls and stand up and fight and don't allow them to just say anything. Uh, uh, this uh, you're kind of fading away. My cell's been busy this today. What about now, so, Joe? Can you hear better? Yeah, yeah, but I'm. So let's get going. And um, what else you got before this thing parks out? Okay, so here's what I here's what I really want to. Oh, go ahead. Somebody had a question. Go ahead. James, is that you? Oh no, I think it was Mike. Mike, okay. you got a question? Joe, you you a question? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sure. So, Sheriff Joe, um, I was wondering how. I mean, we all know it's dangerous. The the Republicans that we have right now in the uh, in the Senate and the House, because obviously we don't want Democrats, but these people are against Trump. Many of them. There's basically only a handful of Republicans that really, you know, have Donald Trump's back. I mean, it's to the point where we should be worried because I mean, with all this investigation going into Trump with Mueller, and we know there's no Russian collusion, but how dangerous do you think, uh, you know? of a spot Trump's in where his own party isn't really out there defending him. You know what I mean? Well, you know, you're, you got a point because, uh, uh, they, uh in public, it looks like they are, uh, of course there's five or six, uh, senators, including two from here are not bashful right. to go out and blast them publicly. But there's that, uh, that group, uh, behind the scenes, that probably don't even vote for him that I'm concerned with. But you know what? He's tough. He knows how to handle it. And uh, so, uh, I have confidence he can survive and talk about the president. And uh, he's a oh, good negotiator. So maybe he can get some of these guys uh, straightened out. I, go ahead, I have two questions. Uh, yeah, go my ahead. first question uh, is, uh, what is the real number of illegal – what do you think is the real number of uh, illegal immigrants in this country? Because there's, there's a Good huge, there's a huge uh, discrepancy on the statistics. So what would you well, think is the real number? Yeah, it's always the same number. It's always around 13 million. I think it's gone down. 
a new number to about 11 uh, million, and we got to thank uh, the president for uh, having that happen. Uh, you know, I've been around a long time, and I know how to when you when you speak out, when the media speaks out, that's a powerful venue to use the media. So he he uses his Twitter, which I wish you would use it more. And he goes and he goes out there. Oh yeah. He's sending he's sending Absolutely. out little messages. He's sending out yep. messages that, and maybe they don't mean anything to someone today, but he's looks he looks ahead. So that's great when he sends it out. Now the reason I bring that out, he goes public and he's blasting everybody. Uh, the illegals coming into our country, what he's going to do. He's going to lock them all up. Okay, you know what? That means that people are afraid to come into our country. Exactly. Especially him, and because you know he's right. going to do what he said. So that's a deterrent. Just by saying you're mm-hmm. going to lock them up, they're not coming. So, right, so my I think second people question understand is, that. Uh, my second question is, like, Latinos generally vote Democratic so do you think if the Democrats pass DACA and you have these 11 million uh, voters swinging Democrat, that changes the entire demographic of this country, right, politically? Because they, the Democrats basically get 11 million – well, we say, say eight out of the 11 million vote Democrat. That, that's enough of the, to tilt an election. So do you see well, this as like a political 11, issue? Yeah. The 11 million are in all uh, DACA. I think there was uh, 1.7 million he wanted to do something with. Most of them uh, are the younger ones. I'm against uh, amnesty. My idea, which I've been spreading around, everybody thinks I'm nuts, is I would deport these young people back to where they came from and let them know what country they came from. Let them be ambassadors, go and uh, tell uh, those people there, like the Peace Corps, and, you know, you have religious groups that go overseas live with the people, spread the word how great our country is. So let them do that. And then let them come back maybe six months later the legal way, you know, through a green card. But there'll be no amnesty. Uh, like See, that's totally a great plan. And, you but, know, the media frames you as a racist, but, like, that seems totally legit to me. Like, you don't, you don't, seem, you don't seem irreasonable at all. <laughs> Well, why does anybody talk about way. it? Yeah, I know, but the media frames you a certain way, and you seem very reasonable. Why doesn't the government talk about it? Well, you know, well, I, this, this, is this another doesn't thing. do with running for Senate. I, I've been saying this before. So uh, Yeah, it seems very reasonable to me. So when I get down there as a senator, watch out. Do you really think Mitch O'Connell wants me on the Judiciary Committee? Oh, yeah, Joe, right. I want you on the floor so bad, Joe. You would tear them apart, Joe. Joe, you are the man. You know that you. We know you would get the job done. And you know, I'm I'm looking at some of the great things. You would fix our health care system. You would put patients first, obviously. You would protect our Second Amendment. You would you would be all for cut taxes and cut spending, reduce government bureaucracy. Support small businesses, obviously. Break up ninth, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals and nominate conservative judges. Secure our border to stop illegal immigration. Stop the drug trafficking, which is a big one. 
and redu- to reduce the crime. Um, obviously, we know represent the people of Arizona. You've been doing that for 30 years. We, we, you love, you know, you love us. We love you. And uh, you did mention you would only do one term. Um, here, here's the thing I want to ask you. This is this is really important. I was reading about this the other day. Is that Puerto Rico is now a new uh, drug hub for uh, importing? It's like the new hot spot uh, of where it's going to be majority of it's going to be coming from now uh, since there's going to be a lot more security on the Mexican border. Well, you know, hot spots break out, don't they? You, you, you close one up and the other breaks down, so you got to hit them from all spots. you got to – this, this yeah. is the greatest country in the world. Yeah. And I always go back to the uh, – yeah. I'm going to tell you about the French Connection Operation Intercept. We stopped that French connection because Nixon said we're going to do it, and we did it after 30 years. So, you know, this country can do anything if they really put their mind to it, stop all the politics. So we can. So I, that's the way I feel about this country. But you got to have the hey, will hey, to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Joe, when you, how old were you when you went into the Korean War? Uh, how old? I was 18. I'm 18. How long yeah, did you serve for, from... sir? What? How long? And thank you for your service, by the way. I always say that. But uh, how long did you serve for? Three years. Then I was Very in the. Nice. Uh, I was a warrant officer for uh, ten years in the reserve. I wasn't able to do much reserve work because I was with the feds uh, as a the federal guy in Turkey, and so I had to actually give up my reserve status because I couldn't do it when I'm with the feds uh, all over the world. So, uh, but, you know, I'm pretty proud of my uh, career as a law enforcement guy. Don't you think it's time to get a cop in Washington as a yes. senator? Yes. Long why do we have yes. Why do we have prosecutors, former prosecutors, or or, or uh, lawyers all over the place. Where's the cop? Show me one That's real right. cop as a senator. Give a me point. one. That's a good point. That's None. a good point. None. Well, I just I just wanted to make one point real quick about illegal immigration. You know, because just like you, Sheriff Joe, on, on Twitter and everything, I get called a racist and a Nazi all day long. But at the end of the day, it's not about being mean or being harsh. We are a country of laws, and it's about time this country started taking care of American citizens and worrying about our homeless vets and our inner cities and not worrying about illegal aliens. You know, it's not, you know, it might sound harsh to deport people, but you know what? It's not their country. It's our country. And if people want to come, they ought to come the right way. And I'm so sick of these liberals all day, every day, talking about these illegal aliens like, you know, like they're these angels. You know, they commit many crimes. At the end of the day, we either have a country or we don't. And we are a country of laws, and we elected Donald Trump, and we need people like you to keep this our country. Yes. Well, you know, I don't have uh, uh, 50 years left in my lifetime, so uh, I'm going to do what I can uh, as I'm still on this uh, earth, and uh, and I expect to be around a while, and it's going to be great going to Washington and not having to raise the money. You know, all these people that get elected in the next day are raising money for the next time. Did you know that? Yeah, 
It's amazing. Yeah. And they're hanging around with lobbyists. Isn't it great that I don't even have to think about that? Just do my six years, do what I feel is right, and not want to make a career. Somebody else. When you're yeah. done with your six well, years, you pass the wand to somebody else. That's right. Okay. Maybe we should have new people now and then. You know. I, so, and Joe, you know what? Joe, you're bringing, you're bringing in something that is great, which is the outsider, which is the, the guy with the, the resume of a novel. I mean, you have the life experience of, I mean, it's so profound. I mean, you've done everything, and this is, I mean, this is something that would be awesome for, I mean, you in the U.S. Senate, I mean, look how amazing you did as sheriff. I mean, you were unbelievably incredible at your job. You saved millions of dollars uh, for taxpayers yearly. You, you deported many illegals, protected us American citizens, made sure people obeyed the law, and if they didn't, they would end up in pink handcuffs and pink underwear in your jail. I, I, I mean, you, you, you had, and you had Kent City, which saved, if you look at it over time, hundreds of millions of dollars in taxpayer money rather than putting all these inmates in a building, which costs a fortune. If you think about electricity, you think about all the stuff that factors into it. And, and you know what? People were starting to complain to you and whine to you and, and bitch to you saying, oh, uh, Tent City's too rough. It's, it's a holocaust. It's a, it's a Nazi camp. The military lives like that. There, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's, it's, it's not the Ritz Carlton, just like the sign you put up in the jail. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the no vacancy sign. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah, play some talking. games. Uh, I, 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 maybe I do a little overboard, but I do it to uh, as a deterrent so people don't want to commit a crime in this county and go to jail. But there's just so much other things uh, we've done uh, in the, since I've been sheriff. We're a law enforcement agency. Some sheriffs up east don't really have the law enforcement authorities, but down here we run the jails and we lock people up. I was a chief law enforcement officer, so I took the advantage of that. Sometimes people say, well, it went a little overboard. Okay, you got to be proactive. Now everybody's afraid to do anything. So, uh, so I'm pretty proud of my uh, record and thank you for running it down because nobody knows my background. They think I dropped out of the sky to be the sheriff, but nobody talks about my other life. And I'll tell you, I I survived on two things. I don't have all these uh, degrees, nothing wrong having degrees, but I survive on life experience and common sense. I've done that my whole life. So that's how you do it. Common sense and life experience. And I think you know I have a lot of life experience. So because if you look at my age, you know I've been around for 85 years. So they say, uh, well, he's going to the Senate. He won't have one term. Uh, you know, he'll just be a freshman. I'll tell you, I'm not just a freshman. They know me all over the world. So oh, yeah. I'm one freshman that everybody knows and mm. will listen to. I'll get the media attention, believe me. When I go to the toilet, they'll be covering <laughs> me and watching it. 
Joe, Sheriff Joe, I wanted to ask you a question. I wanted our listeners, uh, I don't think a lot of people know a certain side of you uh, that I really enjoyed hearing last time we spoke. And I was wondering yeah, if you could uh, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about uh how you saved the abused animals and, and the dogs and, and oh, yeah. Yeah. could you could you inform our listeners a little bit about yeah. that side of you please? Yeah, I I'm a big animal yeah. lover. Yeah. yeah. So I'm the only one going around uh locking up people with a new law I help get that's called the bestiality. We didn't yeah. even have a law. So how come the law is there. We're the only ones locking up those that make dates with dogs and horses oh to my do gosh. you know what. And uh, so why am I the only guy? So when I lock up uh, people to abuse animals, they go in the hot tents, and I put the animals in an air-conditioned jail taken care of by inmates, uh, and they eat great. I take some criticism. So what? we got to take care of our dogs and our cats and horses. So that's what I do. People say I do it for political reasons. I don't do it for political reasons, although people like it. Why do these politicians, they don't care. You know what they say? Oh, dogs can't vote. I think dogs have masters, have owners that do vote. I'm not saying to do it for that. I'm trying to get politicians active in fighting animal abuse. So now they're starting, you see they're starting to do it. Now you see dogs on all the commercials. So they're catching on how people love their dogs. And now they're using I wanted that. to say, hey, Sheriff Joe, uh, uh, this is Steve from uh, Arizona with Bikers for Trump. I wanted to personally just thank you for that. Me and my family and my girls, we have uh, some cats and some pets and they mean a lot to us, and I just wanted to thank you for uh, taking care of those animals and 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 feeding them well. And and I also know that you, you never killed any; that you always adopted them out and found them a family. Is that correct? That's right. You're right. The one guy, one dog's been in jail Good for man. nine years, longer than murderers, <laughs> because I couldn't get the dog adopted out. Finally, did. Well, I'm not going to kill the dog. So, That's amazing. Uh, so, Thank you, you know, so much. That, that, that's, that's that's amazing side of you. I don't think uh, many people know, and I'm so glad that I that yeah. I learned that about you because I'm an animal lover like you, Sheriff. So thank you for that, hey, sir. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. You go ahead, James. Uh, yeah. Would you, yeah. Would you be willing to talk about your roots? Like I heard that you uh, you're from Massachusetts. Your your parents are Italian. I'm assuming they left because of Mussolini. Um, and what what's that, what does that mean to you to be an Italian American? Uh, is that important to you? I'm, I'm very, of course, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an American, but I'm very proud of uh, having that uh, ethic uh, because my mother and father came from Italy, and uh, and uh, and let me say this: uh, the uh, immigrants made this country great. You know, think uh, yeah. think about that. And the Italian, correct, a big part of Italian, proud of it. You know, never forget where you came from. The problem is, it's not, uh, you know, I can't, we don't even have an Italian uh, neighborhood. We have a lot of Italians in Arizona, but we don't really have a 
uh, you know, Italian groups uh, like my father in Springfield, Massachusetts, the Sons of Italy. And my father uh, had grocery stores selling Italian food. So I grew up that way. And uh, I have a lot of respect for people from foreign countries. They call me a racist. I'm not going to tell uh, the world uh, that uh, I'm not uh, I'm not a racist. I'm not going to get into my personal family to show all the right. different grandkids from different races I have. So why would I do that? They want to call me a racist? That's what they call me around the country, a racist. Let them do it. If they can't get you any other way, they, they throw the race card. It's not just me. Not they're it. calling everybody a racist. Calling the president a racist, everybody, you know, everything. Everybody's a racist today. A Nazi too. Exactly, and Joe, and that's the big. That's one of the biggest problems in our society is the race card, the victim. People play the victim's dance. People have to say it's because of their color or be, you know, no, it's simply because you broke the law. Like, like that's that's simply part of the socialist agenda. Identity politics. Identity politics, playing the victim, you know, trying to, you know, bypass the law. It, it's, a, it's a thing that o- Osama, Barack Hussein o- Osama created. He created all of this. And this is, our country was never more divided than when he, after he left office, he was the worst president in history, and he divided this country more than ever before. I mean, we, I, I have never seen this country more divided that than when he left office. I mean, it was a disgrace, and Trump is repairing a mess. Well, he has a great first lady. Uh, I have oh, a lot does. of respect yep. for her. And, yep. uh, you know, she does a lot, too, on her own. And uh, She does. Very smart woman. But, uh, you know, the media is still going to criticize her shoes and Clothes and everything else—they uh-huh. don't seem to criticize the former first lady. So, uh, but Joe, uh, that's sad. Joe, they you call know? us yeah. racist, but they made fun of her accent. They call us racist, but they made fun of the way she speaks and her accent. Yeah. I mean, isn't that just so typical of the Double left? Standard. That is that is a very good point. Well, yep. you know, this is a great country. I've been around a long time. So what goes around comes around. We all have cycles, but we're so great. We'll straighten things out. And the president uh, will also lead the way to straighten this country out. And, Joe, you know, I I always love playing this clip, and it it brings tear of joy, joy to my eyes because, as you know, you're one of my heroes. You always have been, and so is Trump. Trump is one of my huge heroes. And I played this clip last time for you when you were on, but I want to play it again. The day he pardoned you, you know, I mean, just his speech and his love for you and his admiration. I mean, two of my heroes, man. I mean, this is this is just great. Everybody needs to listen to this because if uh, if my uh, some audience didn't tune in the last time or people haven't heard it, you need to hear this. This is great. Uh, I'm going to play this clip. Um, one four. Mr. President, thank you so much. Uh, President Ninistaw, I have a question for you as well, but if I could start with President Trump. In the middle of uh, Hurricane Harvey hitting on Friday night, you chose to pardon former Sheriff Joe Arpaio. I wonder if you could tell us what was behind your thinking for issuing a pardon uh, for the sheriff, and as well, what do you say to your critics 
even some in your own party who say it was the wrong thing to do. Well, a lot of people think it was the right thing to do, John. And actually, uh, in the middle of a hurricane, even though it was a Friday evening, I assume the ratings would be far higher than they would be normally. You know, the hurricane was just starting. Uh, and I put it out that I had pardoned, uh, as we call, as we say, Sheriff Joe. Uh, he's done a great job for the people of Arizona. He's very strong on borders, very strong on illegal immigration. He is loved in Arizona. I thought he was treated unbelievably unfairly when they came down with their big decision to go get him right before the election voting started, as you know. And he lost in a fairly close election. He would have won the election, but they just hammered him just before the election. I thought that was a very, very unfair thing to do. Uh, when I mentioned him the other night, you saw the massive crowd we had. The people went crazy when I said, what do you think of Jer Sheriff Joe or something to that effect? The place went absolutely crazy when I was in Arizona last week. And as far as pardons are concerned, I actually did this just before the meeting because I assumed that somebody would ask me the question. I didn't know it would be you, as you can attest. You didn't even know you were going to be called. But I thought I would. And, uh, you know, Sheriff Joe is a great veteran of the military, great law enforcement person, uh, somebody that's won many, many elections in the state of Arizona. But I, I wanted to look at some of the other people that were pardoned over the years. And if you look at, as an example, President Clinton pardoned Mark Rich, who was charged with crimes going back decades, including illegally buying oil from Iran while it held 53 American hostages, wasn't allowed to do that, selling to the enemies of the United States. He was pardoned after his wife donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to the Clintons. Then you have dangerous criminals. President Clinton pardoned Susan Rosenberg, a member of the Weathered Underground, charged as part of a bank robbery that led to a guard and two police officers being killed. Drug dealers. Uh, President Clinton commuted the sentence of Carlos Vignali, a central player in a cocaine ring that stretched from California to Minnesota. Uh, criminal leaker. You've heard the word leaker? President Obama commuted the sentence of Chelsea Manning, who leaked countless sensitive and classified documents to WikiLeaks, perhaps and others. But horrible, horrible thing that he did, commuted the sentence, and perhaps pardoned. President Obama commuted the sentence of Oscar Lopez Rivera, who was charged as part of a violent independence group from Puerto Rico, responsible for 28 Chicago-area bombings and many deaths in the 1970s and 1980s. Sheriff Joe is a patriot. Sheriff Joe loves our country. Sheriff Joe protected our borders. And Sheriff Joe was very unfairly treated by the Obama administration, especially right before an election, an election that he would have won. So, and he was elected many times. So, uh, I stand by my pardon of Sheriff Joe, and I think the people of Arizona who really know him best would agree with me. Thank you. Very well said. So, so perfect. So Amazing. Perfect. So, uh, Trump is a loyal. Today, yeah, in response to that, uh, and today, today, yes, the, the appellate court is thinking of appointing a special prosecutor to remove 
my request to erase my my petty misdemeanor conviction. So and going against the president's pardon. So it never stops. I keep fighting this over and over again. So that came I know. out today. So they're and never going to leave me in- alone. They keep interrogating you, Joe, every second. And I'm reading last week in an article that Jeff Blakey's son is back, uh, is is going back to court with you or something? Yeah, I win the case. It's a jury case. Took an hour. Now the court. And please tell the audience what happened, so they so they know what Jeff Blake's son did, so everybody knows the story. Actually, I'm trying to stay away from. his okay. kid, okay. as a matter of ethics, but you know, Flake just went public a couple, of, I think, a month ago, saying that I, I'm, just, I'm never going to stay running for uh, his seat. I just do this to get publicity. Well, I got news for him. I'm in it to win. I'm, in, I'm, I'm going to be in it right to the end, so he can say yes. what he wants. Also. When I was pardoned, he and McCain went public. Yeah. And the Speaker of the House saying I never should have been pardoned. So you can see these guys playing their games. And I don't Evil. think it's really against me. Any way they can go after our president, pretty sad. So that's why I'm fighting this. I'm a, I got lawyers. Yeah. I've been through 10 lawyers on this misdemeanor. Think of that. Ten lawyers. Same amount of time you can get for a barking dog. Think of that. Now, 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 Joe, can you speak? Can you speak a little bit about what's going on with Jeff Blake's son? Can you can you give like a vague, just brief scenario? Just what? Well, you know, what's well, going it's, on? Uh, it, it, it's public knowledge. Uh, I mean, uh, it's in the in the thing. I mean. It's just brief. We had 24 dogs we put in a 9 by 12 uh, controlled by uh, the son. And they sued me. They were not prosecuted. weren't even arrested, although we wanted them. So, so let me get this. They sued me for millions of dollars. So this is a lawsuit. But we won now, that now let me so get, far. Now, Jesus. Now let me get this straight, Joe. Let me get this straight. I want to get this story straight so I know so I know what's going on. These the, Jeff Blake's son and his girlfriend or his wife, whatever the, whatever she is, they were running this. Um, it was this pet daycare or whatever. They were watching all these dogs, and these dogs died of heat heat exhaustion. And you and you try to prosecute them, and then they try to come after you because you're trying to hold them accountable for killing these innocent dogs. Right? Yeah, I, yeah, and also uh, we went to court. The jury found in my favor. That's why I never was able to have a jury trial in that initial racial profile with Judge Snow, the civil yeah. case, and then when he moved it to the federal, they refused me a jury trial. So you know why? Because they know I can win when I go to right. the people. Now I finally won one in the jury trial, so we'll see how it's not over yet. We'll see how that turns out. Hey, but it's kind of frustrating. Joe, frustrating. You're a machine, though, man. You just keep going. You're like Trump. 
So that's why I have to get into the Senate to take care, uh, believe me, do everything I can to go after this Ninth Circuit Court. This, you know, this liberal San Francisco bunch of judges. Oh, God, it is. See if we can split that up and get, you know, so big anyway and split it now, up. Joe, now, yeah, Joe, I really want to ask you about this, and I'm sure the listeners want to hear about this as well. You know, Trump's border wall is the perfect idea. I mean, I, you know, and I know you have been, you've been talking about a wall for a long time, right? I mean, you are always one of the people, you are the first person and the main person that's always on top of border enforcement and security. So, I mean, was a wall in your mind for a while before Trump brought it up? I mean, something in that similarity? Oh, he uh, he brought it up during the campaign. Uh, but you know, but when you were sheriff, real estate. yeah. But when you were sheriff, were you thinking about it as well, doing something like that? You know, just to protect the border. I mean, was that kind of in your mind before he mentioned it? Well, not really, uh, uh, because I had other ways to clean up the mess, like taking away their foreign aid, and. Uh, and building up that border and locking everybody up in the interior, not just at the border. That was my, that was what I started to do, arrest the illegals in the country. I guess I did such a great job, they went after me. Uh, so that was my thrust on the illegal immigration, that we were going to arrest those here in this country, which I did. I think we did 25% of the whole country. And that brought up all the all the uh, activists and lawyers and everybody after me because I was enforcing the law. So the wall wasn't really there at that time. Now when the when the uh, president started mentioning that, and I introduced him all these rallies. Of course, I was for the wall, uh, but I have other ideas how to stop the traffic uh, uh, at the border. Having spent twenty or thirty-five years there, and it's a little controversial. Now they did send the National Guard down there, but I'm a little concerned about the National Guard. It's okay; they're doing administrative work, but they don't have right. bullets in their guns. Now, so, now I want I want you to tell the audience. Now the jail system down here. When you were sheriff, now is am I correct when I say? It was 20% of illegals in your jail system here in Arizona? Yeah. But uh, let me say this. The last two years I was sheriff, I did surveys of all the people in jail that were charged with crimes. Not not illegal, but they were. Right. They happened to be here illegally too. So Jesus we Christ. turned over 10,000 to ICE for deportation. Wow. So wait a minute. Out of ten thousand, why did thirty nine percent come back to the same jails? One guy came back twenty five times. Oh. <laughs> what is Think going on? Think of what I just said. So I've written to the Homeland Security. I get their Mickey Mouse uh, forms. You know, we'll look into it. So the question is. 10,000 people turn over the ice from my jails, 39% come back. The same people come back to the jails. Our jails, not other jails. 
So my point is I'm, I'm sure all of them didn't go to the border and keep coming back. Some did, of course. Now, now, I think they, they, now, they were letting them out on the streets. Now, they had this, to leave them out on the streets. This has to do with catch and release, right? The what? This has to do with Obama's uh, policy, catch and release, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But so you got him in you got him in jail for all these other crimes. You get turn them over. They should be deported. But instead, they so release them. Well, I nobody will tell me that, but I'm sure all of them then go to the border and keep coming back. Some do, yeah. They go to the border and keep coming back. So nobody it, wanted to talk about that. Nobody talks about. I know. I'm the only guy. I know. And here, I go to the, the media. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I go to the media and say what I just told you. There's no uproar. So um, you got to fix this. So at least the president and, is blasting yeah. away, you know, and trying to do something about it. This president. And Joe, and here's so you, the you thing, Joe. Here, here's the thing about this president. You were with him from day one. You were one of the very first uh, supporters, and you you were one of the very first people, and he addressed the exact issue that you were dealing with and a lot of people were dealing with, which is illegal immigration. Not enough Republican candidates were addressing that in the past or making that a main issue like Trump has, and look what Trump's doing. ICE is taking care of business every second of every day. Well, when he, uh, the first time, Dick Browley was the first one. In June, he announced, and in July, he happened to hit this area where we had thousands of people. Nobody would even stand next to him. I did. There's something, and I never met him before. And I said, you're going to be the next president. I predicted. Now, he brought up illegal immigration that made all the other candidates angry because now they had to talk about it. I guarantee you, if he didn't bring it up and make an issue, nobody doing that race would have been talking about illegal immigration because they didn't want to talk about it. They knew they wouldn't do anything. So he started the ball rolling and caused that illegal immigration to be part of the uh, campaign, and everybody had to follow him. They had answered. So that's what he started. That's what's important, bringing it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you you think about how pivotal that was. You know, when he gave that first speech, his announcement that he was running for president, you, you, we just all had that feeling that he, he, I mean, he was addressing all the main issues. He was going to win. I, I just knew it from the first day he announced it. Just the, just the energy, the charisma, the mentality. I mean, it, would, it was all there. You know, and, well, and, and we've never seen, yeah. we've never seen a fan base, we've never seen a fan base or supporters as loyal as Trump's base. I mean, the, we are the most loyal people on the face of the earth to him. Well. You're right. I was up in Sholo last week. Uh, he's got a. They have a big Trump Look, store there, largest in the yeah. country. The only, and, yeah, the uh, only course, one in the country, the largest, yeah. And I was, uh, you know, they invited me. I was a guest there, and I 
was a pretty good turnout. Uh, but uh, uh, he uh, he's just uh, different. And then when I first introduced him, I said three things. We're born on the same day, flag day, June Oh, 14th. you are? Yeah, you mentioned that. You have the same birthday. That's so cool. When he pardoned my, when he pardoned me, he didn't know it. It was my yes. wife's birthday, and, uh, and then when my wife got sick uh, way back, yes. he found out about it. He called my wife several times. See how she's doing, but she's doing great. So uh, he's got a heart, and uh, it, does. it just makes me angry how they're treating him. Wait, yes, you know, but, it's unfortunate. Uh, it's it's sad. That. But it, you know it, what? It, it, He's like iron. Yeah. He's still doing the job, isn't he? So. Yeah. And, and, and Joe, yes, you know. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, Gianni, are you on the line, man? I don't think Gianni's on the I'm, line. James, James or Mike, I know you had a question for Joe. I always have questions for Joe. Go <laughs> ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Zolo. Okay. Um, well, I I think we all know, <clears throat> Sheriff Joe, that Mueller is not doing the right thing and he's abusing his power left and right. And we know there's no Russian collusion. But at the same time, do we have any reason? I mean, I don't believe anything's going to come of it. But do you think there is reason to worry with this investigation? Um, with, with, I mean, now now they're going after Trump's personal lawyer. I mean, this is unprecedented. I mean, the FBI raided the home of Trump's personal attorney. I mean, things are getting a little out of hand here. And like I said from a couple minutes ago, it would be nice if we had a Republican Party who was defending our president. But do you think Mueller, obviously we know there's no Russian collusion or anything, but do you think it's getting a little – you know, dangerous. I mean, this cloud over yeah. President Trump's head is massive. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm a little concerned uh, about it, about knocking doors down and grabbing tapes and uh, I mean, his personal from a, attorney. an attorney. I mean, you know, when you have an attorney, believe me, I know. I've gone through ten already. Uh, you <laughs> you say things, uh, you know, you have a right to talk to your attorney, no matter what it is. And then you go in, knock the door in, and take out tapes and everything else. How do you know what's on those tapes? And, I mean, and, and what, the judge what is allowing that me. to happen. Right, exactly. So, and what concerns me is this is the president of the United States, his lawyer, his personal lawyer. I mean, this is unprecedented behavior that is taking place right now. And like I said, like I keep saying, and I always say, no one in his party, the president's party, seems to care other than the people. And I think that Mueller is just, I mean, this guy is just grasping at straws at this point, and it's really dangerous. And I don't know how President Trump is like, I don't even know how he's focusing. I mean, this cloud must be massive that's above his head right now. It's, it's, it's unprecedented the way uh, this investigation is being ran and how – to actually go after the president of the United States attorney is just, it's just unprecedented. And it's just, it's really, really, ner- uh, you know, worrisome. Well, I, uh, uh, I think that crossed the line. I think uh, there was a national paper. He just called me last a couple of days ago. So would you uh, fire Mueller? I said, well, you know, if I was, I guess if I was a Senator, you can't fire him. But I said, I agree with, 
what the president does. If he right. wants to fire him, okay, back him up on that. So I mean, I, you uh, know, like how many? What? How far is this guy going to go? Well, that's a problem. It, uh, it's gone out of it's out of hand, out of hand. And you know, I've been with the feds for all those years. I know how they operate. Don't think that uh, when you make cases, politics doesn't set in. You know, well, let's make the raid now. Let's get all the national. You know, I know how it works. So, uh, uh, yeah, even my case uh, in, the, in, the, in the contempt of court, the judge uh, took my lawyer and made him testify. Where, where's my Where's my client? Attorney relation. That's yeah, just where's one your of the attorney client privilege? So where is it? So here, here are they going into the president's house, uh, lawyer's house, and hotel or whatever. Right. So and they bring up this uh, hooker, uh, <laughs> or whatever she is, a porn star. Either way, he's a hooker to me. And his attor- her attorney, of course, is making a big deal. Of course, he's a liberal Democrat. Of course, so he's using he's using this too, and making. I never seen a lawyer try a case so much, and this guy is doing it in the news media. So it's sad. I don't right. think the people of this country realize how serious this is. And what oh, blows yeah. my mind. What blows my mind is, again, we know there's no Russian collusion. We know this is a witch hunt against the President of the United States because they hate this man and they want him out of the White House. We know that. But it, it's just it's – I just can't help but, like, credit the President, President Trump. I mean, how can he stay focused with all this going on? I mean, the guy still gets things done. It's amazing. He's a fighter. I mean, if this was happening under any other president, they would have cracked under pressure, uh, you know, even if they were innocent, and they wouldn't be able to get the job done. So, I mean, you know, kudos to President Trump for, do, you know, being able to get through this, I mean, with his own party that, that isn't really out there defending him. I mean, even the Democrats now and even Lindsey Graham, they're trying to pass bills that protects Mueller where Trump can't even fire him. I mean, this it's is unbelievable. This is ridiculous behavior, you know. Well, <laughs> you know, since they're trying to pass bills, but I never seen this happen. If I get it right, that they want to pass a bill that says right. only a uh, only an employee of the Justice Department can fire Mueller. Are they in the personnel business now, to Senate, passing bills it, of who can fire who? I mean, it's uh, that's a good point. And Did I used they forget to say, that the president's the boss? Exactly. And I used to say this. I used to say, you know what, Mueller, you know, he's, you know, he's abusing his power. You know, he's embarrassing yeah. himself. Let him do his thing. We know Trump's innocent. But now after, you know, he was, you know, the FBI and, and this investigation is just abusing power to the point of uh, going after the president's personal attorney and raiding his home. I mean, Hillary Clinton hasn't been raided. Eric Holder hasn't been raided. But Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer, has been. After that happened, I said, you know what? I don't care about the political backlash. You know, there's going to be stories for two weeks straight. I said, forget it. Trump should fire this guy and fire him now. 
Well, don't think that he may he not can't do fire that. Mueller. Don't think that he, you know, he's unpredictable. And what hey. I, I worry about, the people uh, that were closest to him are gone now. And, and here, so you know, here, here's what I, here, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Joe. So here's what I worry about. He's kind of alone up there and uh, with his cabinet and Kelly and all these people. And uh, But he still, you know, he still knows what's going on through a back door. I'm sure they try to block people from seeing him. I know they do. I think I know they do. But uh, he's strong and uh, he'll survive. And uh, and uh, which is amazing what he's going through on the yeah. personal thing. You got this Comey on this uh, dossier, which, by the way, I have an indirect connection with that whole scenario too, which one day I hope to get out. Uh, but the, uh, this Comey uh, uses that, uh, you know. Well, I'm not sure, uh, but what I hear. It's the prostitutes it's in misleading. It's misleading. Russia. So the people will say, well, here's the FBI director. If he says it, it must be true. Why? How he says it. I know how. You know, so why does he even have to say it? What the hell does that got to do with anything? Exactly. Exactly. What does exactly. it have to do with anything? Exactly. And, and Joe, and Joe, like during all of this, President Trump remains completely calm, I, and, and, and I mean, there, he's just, like, he knows that he did nothing wrong. I mean, I, I want to play a clip real quick, just, just the, the greatness of what Trump's doing for our country. He was in Florida yesterday giving a tax speech. I just want to play a quick clip, and just the great things he's doing for America. I mean, it's really unbelievable. Real quick, one, one two. Tomorrow's tax day, and we're going to hear from everybody and every – I mean, we have heard from so many people. They're so thrilled. And remember this. This is the last time you're going to fill up that long, complicated, horrible return. I would say that some of these tax – some of these companies that do all that work on – getting a lot of money for doing your tax returns. They're not going to be too happy with us, but that's about the only business that won't be. So tomorrow, last day, very importantly, next year it's going to be a simple, for the most part, one page. It may get a little bit bigger, but it'll be simple and easy to do. And very importantly, you're going to have a lot of money left over from what you have. And we didn't get one Democrat to vote for us, and Senator Nelson was hostile to it. And let me tell you, if for any reason they get in, meaning the Democrats, they're going to raise your taxes way up high, they're yes. going to terminate this out. Of course, I'll veto it, that's all right, but eventually <laughs> they, want to termi- they want to terminate and they want to raise your taxes, and we cannot let that happen because this country is starting to rock with our businesses coming back in. It's starting to really rock. So. Yeah, now, real quick, go ahead, Joe. That's just one thing he's been doing. But it's, I'm not from New York. Yeah. I I worked New York on some undercover stuff. I'm from Massachusetts. But I just, I, I, New Yorkers sometimes are a little different. 
I don't know if you're from New York. Maybe some of your audience is. But yeah, they, they are. should be proud that they. They should be proud they got a New Yorker as president. You would think the whole state would side with him. Forget the Democrat and all. They would, they would be proud that yeah. they have a president from New York that grew up there, represents yeah, New right. York, whether in language, uh, sign, you know, waving your arms. That's what these. That, that's why I can't understand why the New Yorker. I know it's so strong Democrat, but you would think right. the pride. The pride of having yes. a local guy president would override all the politics and all. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's the way and I so, feel about it. Oh, absolutely. Real real quick, I want to play one more one-minute clip from Trump. And, and, and it's absolutely amazing when you listen to him right here. South Korea and North Korea are now coming together. Trump's not only unifying the United States, he's unifying the world. I mean, this is unbelievable. Earlier today, he was with Prime Minister from Japan, speaking on behalf of North Korea and South Korea, uh, making amends, what Trump had a lot to do with. Uh, One, two. North Korea is coming along. South Korea is meeting and has plans to meet with North Korea to see if they can end the war, and they have my blessing on that. And they've been very generous that without us and without me in particular, I guess, you would have to say that they wouldn't be discussing anything, including the Olympics would have been a failure and said it was a great success. Uh, They would have had a real problem. But as you know, North Korea participated in the Olympics and it made it. uh, Really, it was quite an Olympics. It was quite a success. That would not have happened. And they do have my blessing to discuss the end of the war. People don't realize the Korean War has not ended. It's going on right now, and uh, they are discussing an end to the war. So, uh, subject to a deal, they would certainly have my blessing, and they do have my blessing to discuss that. Uh, Japan and ourselves are locked, and we are uh, very unified on the subject of North Korea. We will uh, probably be, depending on the various meetings and uh, conversations, we'll be having meetings with Kim Jong-un very soon. It'll be, uh, that'll be taking place uh, probably in early June or a little before that, uh, assuming things go well. It's possible things won't go well or we won't have the meetings and we'll just continue to go along this very strong path that yeah. we've taken. Uh, but we will see what happens. Hey, NBC. So, eh. So there, I mean, there we go. He's not, you know what's amazing, Joe, and it's remarkable to watch. It truly is. He's not only unifying, um, you know, the country, he's unifying the world. I mean, it's, it, it's, 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 all these people are coming together. And when Barack Obama was in office, all it was was division. I mean, you see all of this happening, and this is good for us because it brings, I mean, a lot of different opportunities to the table, such as economic deals, trade deals, unity, peace. I mean, you know, uh, war assistance. I mean, there's so many great things that come out of it, you know? Well, you probably never thought of this. I work with the State Department overseas. I was a diplomatic attache, you know. He's he's accomplishing this, and I'm not going to criticize the former... Secretary of State that left, you know that. Right. So he he accomplished all that without 
and have any confidence in his own Secretary of State. Think of that. Yeah. And they're short of uh, manpower. They're short of ambassadors, short of State Department personnel. And yet he was able to get this done. you got to give him a lot of credit. You can't give the credit to all the Secretary of State that wasn't doing nothing that he got rid of. So and he's like the I driving before, force. Like I said he's before, the driving the Democrats force behind haven't this. even approved all of his, his people yet. I mean, two years he's almost president, and he doesn't even have, like, I think he has, like, less Only than 60% of his people approved. 30, 30%. I mean, that is unprecedented. This would never happen under any other president, and they all ought to be ashamed of themselves. Yep, yep, absolutely. Well, the reason it has, I'll tell you why, because they're always bureaucrats, well, the, the, even the State Department. They're all bureaucrats. They do Every time it's the same thing That's right. over and over. The president is not a bureaucrat. He, he makes the decisions himself. He works hard, and he doesn't like, which I hate too, all these meetings and conferences. Every time he probably wants to do something, the other president, it takes about two weeks to write it up. Everybody has to study it. Make, he, he makes decisions, bang, and I know that. I've been with him a couple of times where he made quick decisions. So you got to give him the credit for it. And, and Sheriff Joe, I, I really want to ask you about something in particular: the birth certificate, the Obama birth certificate. I want to I want to ask right. you because we we know it's a phony. You and I have had this discussion. Tell, tell please tell my audience that you have gone to professionals, you have gone to people that exp, that um, their expertise is in this industry of making sure a birth certificate is valid and real, and you have seen the phoniness. You be you know, you have, correct? Yeah, but I'm trying to stay away from all my uh, all the politics. All oh, don't talk about the birth certificate. Don't talk about the birth certificate. Nobody wants to talk about the birth certificate. Nobody, nobody wants to look at it. If that was you and I, would be in jail for a fake government document. Okay, That's I said right. from day one, I don't care where he was born. I right. still say that. I was investigating a phony government document, period. Right. So they call me a birther because of where he came from. No, I never did that. The Tea Party came to me. They asked me to look into it. Nobody else would look into it. I did. I knew it was kind of controversial. And I proved it. So where is where's the FBI? Where's Comey? Where's Miller? Why couldn't they not look into this? I mean, I have three it's, it's press like, conferences. Yeah, and the double standard. To touch and it. It's the biggest yeah, cover-up in history right here. You were talking about it. That's right. It right really there. is. It really is. And I, you know what? I, Sheriff Joe, I strongly believe he was born in Ke- he was born in Kenya. There's no way. There's no way that guy was born in the United States. There's no way. There's no way. Well, well he lived there as a child. Well, well, let me tell you. Uh, I uh, we got a warehouse full of you know what you're saying and everything. I don't even put that in my mind. All I put in my mind was a, a fake document. And you'll be surprised. 
on some other things that's current with certain law firms right now, on the, even on that issue. So I'm kind so of low profile. But what? what about the document made you come to the conclusion that it was fake? What document? Uh, the birth certificate. Well, James, is that it? you? Yeah, I was just curious. Like, I was wondering the process. Wait, what's the process behind uh, knowing if a document is, if it's uh, manufactured or not, if it's fabricated? Well, just briefly, since I did do, have a press conference before I left uh, the office, we just took one lady's birth certificate we came up with, or at the same time, and just showed that they removed 13 parts of hers and put it on his. So what's so hard to figure that one out? Plus you got right. science. You got, we went to Italy and got experts to look at the transfer, you know, transferring those little items to the other. And went to Hawaii, got another forensic expert. They all come up with the same thing. Forget the computers and all that. Initially it was about the computers and the language on the birth certificate, all that. But this is something new, and I don't know what else you need. So the question is, since I've gone public on that and taken heat since 2011, why is it the government looking into it? If the law enforcement agency has information, probable cause, why don't they look into a fake document to see if it's true or not? You're right. I will say about Obama, the one thing that I could never get out of my head, because I I truly believe he was born in Kenya, because even in his book, he admits he admits he was there when he was like five, I believe, or six. You know, so he we know he lived there. But uh, the thing with Obama is even even you know he says he went to Colombia. I mean, nobody knows the guy. I mean, nobody has like pictures with him. It's just very very weird. That no one, you know, has come out. Oh, I remember yeah. him. You know, he well, was in my class. Yeah. You know, it's just very, very shady stuff. That, that's all I'm saying. Well, I uh, we did our due diligence, me and my uh, posse uh, guy, and uh, I did my job. It's up to other people to do what they want to do. So I'm not even uh, pursuing it anymore. I didn't, you know, did everything. You can do Joe, now, Joe, to somebody when you, else to do something. Joe, when you get elected like, to the Senate, will, when you when you get elected to the Senate, will you bring it back and and try? Will you try to bring it to the attention, like uh, to more to the just have people open their eyes? Like, will you bring it back uh, to I'm, I'm to not, life? I'm not. Uh, the last time on a conference, I I made a remark and it hit all the newspapers. Uh, and I'm not going to comment uh, on that okay. in the future. No, so I respect that. I'm Fair just enough. saying that uh, I'm just saying we did our due diligence. We uh, worked hard on it, and it's up to somebody else to uh, decide what to do. Fair enough. Yeah. Period. Absolutely. One hundred percent, Sheriff. Um, and you know, I want to I, I want to mention. Um, you know, you we had your uh, good friend Tom Morrissey on la- on right. last week, and he's a pleasure. What a great guy! 
He's got a great background, just a, just so genuine. And, uh, you know, we had a long conversation. He was on the show a long time. He loved coming on. We talked about the book, and, you know, you're heavily involved with this book with uh, Steven Seagal and him. And uh, it's a cool book, and it really, you know, uh, shines light on reality of what's really going on in this world. I mean, it, it kind of predicted, like, some of the events that have already happened, like the Vegas Massacre. Yeah, well, I, I just uh, I did one little forward in the book, and uh, and uh, Seagal's a buddy of mine. I hired him. Uh, that's why he moved here to join my posse. And, uh, so oh, he's yeah, a please, good guy, please, a big patriot. Please, Sheriff Joe, will country. you please, Sheriff Joe, will, will you please talk about? Uh, Steven Seagal joining your team. How did that all start? Will you tell that story, please? I've been wanting to know so bad. You mean how I got together with him? Yeah, how did it all start? Like, how did the whole thing start? Well, you well he heard about me, and uh, he was uh, uh, worked for the, uh, I think it was Louisiana Sheriff way back. Yeah. Heard yeah. about me, and then yeah. he came here, and I met yeah. with him, and uh, he wanted to I got him to join the posse, and he moved his house here, and uh, and uh, made a couple of movies, and uh, that's how it started. And uh, he's overseas right now, so uh, that's how it worked out. And um, so he's a he's a big patriot, another big buddy of mine, and his uh, Ted Nugent, the singer. Yeah, yep. love him. He's great. So these guys are patriots. They love their country, and they're outspoken. They're intelligent. Both of them are. And Joe, Joe with Seagal, how long? I know you guys made like documentaries. You guys made different, um, yeah. like you guys made different films and stuff. Like in terms of like locally, when you got, when he was on your police force, how long was Seagal, uh, you know, on your force for? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, Probably, I mean, I know it was several years. I don't have the date when he first came. I can look it up, but uh, I, I don't oh, have okay. that. But it's been several years. But then he's been gone making movies uh, uh, overseas for Netflix. Uh, so, but uh, uh, he's here. I mean, he left uh, the country right now, so I don't know what the future is going to be. And, that, and that's, I, I thought that was fascinating. I mean, the whole, you know, teaming up with Seagal and, you know, just that, I thought that was so cool. And, and you know, he, he's a legit martial arts fighter. I mean, that's one tough dude right there. He, he does all his own stunts, too, in his movies. Well, I had, uh, I had uh, three or four uh, guys uh, kind of tough on crime. I had the Hulk. Uh, he was a member of a my house. I had Steve. Yeah, he's a buddy of mine. So I had him. I had Seagal. Yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah. uh, actually, I had uh, Dick Tracy, uh, who was nice. a legitimate cop in Chicago. And so I kind of had some people working on a posse that have famous <laughs> uh, names, you know. And uh, The Rock. Uh, I don't know if you're the movie actor, you know, The Rock. 
he spent three days with me on making the, the movie The Walking Tall, making another movie. Nice. So I've had some people tall, come in there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and Joe, you know, um, you, you've obviously, you know, you, you are with, with, with what, with what Tent City, how long was Tent City open for the exact amount? Was it 24 years? I opened Tent City August 4, 1993, eight months after I took office when I promised I would put up Korean War tents. When I was elected, which I did, it took me eight months because I couldn't find the Korean War tents. I had to go to New Mexico to get them. <laughs> And stuck them right in the desert, filled it up, ready to hold 2,000 people. Over over a half a million had come through the tents. And it lasted until I lost the election. So George Soros, the, the traitor, billion-dollar guy, gave yeah, all that money to my opponent. And one promise was that he would tear down the tents. So yeah, and that Penn Zone guy just... Penzone's a scumbag. I can't stand Penzone. He's a jerk. Well, I'm not going to talk. I don't even talk about I know, that. I know, but no, no, I know. No, no, I know. I know, Yeah, I know. So I'm not so sure if anymore, but I'm proud of uh, what my deputies and uh, officers did, and uh, I just feel sorry for what they're going through now. I won't uh, elaborate. I think you got a gut feeling what I'm talking about. So uh, it was a good program. Four pro, four yeah. guys running for president came through the tents. Bob Dole, yeah. McCain, Governor Wilson, and Phil Graham. Not the this the, the good Phil Graham of Texas. They all came through the tents. They loved it. So. When people complain, why do people running for president visit me in the tents if they're so bad? So right. it was a great program, never be done again in history. Uh, so, But that's okay. Maybe when I'm the senator, maybe we'll put some tents up at the border. Why not? If you can have them here, why can't you put them in the tents at the border? Uh, oh, I, yeah. I mean, I, I think I mean, that, that's... That really is the perfect idea. I mean, that is a great idea if you really think about it. Um, I mean, you have. I, 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 I really wanted to ask you, Joe. There was something that really stuck stuck out to me that I really wanted to ask you. Oh God, I just lost my train of thought. Go ahead, Mike or James. If you have a question for Joe, go ahead, and I'll, this will come back to me. Yeah, absolutely. So, Sheriff Joe, if if Trump keeps doing what he's doing, you know. Obviously, he's going to keep kicking butt because he's a winner. Is there any way? I mean, obviously, there's a chance, but do you see him winning in 2020? And how do you think the midterms are going to turn out um, in Congress? Do you think the Democrats are going to win or the Republicans? I think the Republicans are going to turn out to do well because in the end, not one Democrat, not one voted for tax cuts. So I just wanted to get your input. Well, I think he's uh, well. I'm pretty sure he's going to win for a second term. Now, this right. election coming up, 2000, which I'm involved in, I don't know. Right. I don't know what's going to happen. Democrats seem to be pretty strong, sticking together. Too bad the Republicans don't stick together. Uh, oh, so great. I don't know, but I have 
confidence he's going to be a second term. Uh, and, and I'll tell you one thing, he's going to go down in history as one of the uh, greatest presidents we ever had. That's my oh, prediction. Absolutely. I predicted he was going to win. Now I'm predicting he's going to be one of the greatest. Absolutely. If, so, I mean, that's I, just my, you know. I believe that the Republicans will end up um, keeping the majority in the House and the Senate. Uh, the only concern I have, the reason I believe that is because the Democrats have no message, no messenger, not one of them voted for tax cuts. But you are exactly correct in that the Democrats always stick together no matter what policy, what situation. They stick like glue, and the Republicans, uh, they're just all over the place. So, so that's a great point. But I, I, I believe that my only concern is when when – your nominee wins for president. A lot of people who aren't involved in politics, as say we yeah. are, or you know, people like you, people get lazy. You know, they say, "Oh, Trump won, so you know, I don't really need to go out there." That's my only concern. I, I, I want people need people need to realize that if the Democrats do win the majority, they will do whatever yeah. it takes to impeach him. So, so I just I hope all Republicans and conservatives and people who support yeah. Donald Trump know the dangers of a Democrat-controlled Congress and don't get lazy and get their asses out there and vote. Well said. We have about, we have about five minutes left. I want Joe, Joe to respond to that real quick, and then, Joe, I want to ask you something before we go. Well, you talk about the, the, the uh, Democrats talk about impeachment. Do you really think the, uh, the swamp down there in the Capitol may not be thinking about it themselves? I'm talking about the Republicans. Oh, no, I, I absolutely, absolutely agree with you on that. I just, um, I, I, I just, the Democrats are just, they are just out of control. And listen, I'm no fan of these people in Congress on our side, but I feel it's just a little more dangerous if the Democrats get control. Yep. Yeah, well, absolutely. The show, uh, one that came out today, uh, and, uh, my race showed that uh, 18% of the people, the polls, uh, have no confidence in Congress. Exactly. Yeah, it makes exactly. me wonder because I got two congresswomen running against me, or one right now, but then in the general election. Hey, so, hey Joe, Joe, I really, Joe, I really want to get to something to ask you about. Um, you know, there, you, you like destroyed Al Sharpton on the, on, there's a YouTube video where you completely put Sharpton in his place. Like, Sharpton looks like a complete fool. Sharpton kept trying to come after you, like, spread nonsense and all this gibberish. Can you explain a little bit about that? Well, he led 10,000 people against me in the march. And then I said, you have any guts? Come and see me in my office. So we met in the office privately. Had a nice conversation. And then we go on CNN on a split screen. He's blasting me all over the place. You know how the game is in private. But then when you go public, it's like you're uh, running a movie. uh, You know how that works. So you're a different uh, character when you're in public than in private. And that pertains to Congress, to the Senate. I mean, they have their meetings in the back door. They're probably kissing each other, smoking a cigar, and then they go outside <laughs> and blast away. Oh, it's so so true, so true. And you know what? It's one of those things 
where and Al Sharpton, he's getting paid to do what he's doing, and all he's doing is causing more divisiveness. And he was never – clarify this, Joe. He was never man enough to come down to your office, was he? Yeah, he did come to my office. I okay. just said he came to my office after the 10,000 people march. I invited him, and right. we had a private okay. meeting. And then he goes okay. on TV and blasts away. Jesus. Nothing like the private Jesus. meeting we had. I know, and that's what they are. They're, they, you, yeah, and that's exactly what they do to Trump. They're nice to Trump sometimes in a meeting, and then the next minute the Democrats are talking bad about him. I mean, and, you know, but they're always talking bad about him. But you know what I mean, all these two-faced people. Yeah, especially uh, people running for office now say they love him because his polls yeah. are high. If his polls yeah, were right. down, they wouldn't even want to talk to him. So now right. his polls are high. All, they're Trump people right now running against me. Right. Where were they before? Right. Great this point. This is okay. Hey. Listen, it's about time they join the team, but what worries me, are they going to flip when they go to Washington? Are they going to change? That's what concerns right. me. Hey, Fair Joe, we have, about a minute, we have about a minute left. Um, so, I, I, just, I just, Joe, I just want to really say, you know, thank you for coming on, Joe. Uh, it's been a real pleasure having you on. You were on with us pretty much the whole show, two, almost two hours. Uh, well, absolutely amazing. I could. T- I mean, we could talk forever. There's so many things, so many great stories. Yeah, let, let, You're an amazing let man. Let me give you my website. Yeah. SheriffJoeForAmerica.com. Yes, and that's SheriffJoeForAmerica.com, everybody. And please visit the website. We're all going to support Sheriff Joe. Sheriff Joe for Senate. He's going to get to D.C., and we're going to do this. We support Sheriff Joe. Okay. Sheriff Joe. Thank. Okay. You signing off? Yeah, thank. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. Signing off. Thank you, and I want to have you back on in a couple of weeks. Um, it's okay. Been a real we support pleasure. you, Sheriff Joe. All right. Thank you. Bye. Yes. You have a good night. Take care. Alrighty. That uh, will wrap it up. For tonight, everybody, uh, we want to thank our amazing guest, Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Uh, he was on with us pretty much the whole show. Uh, what an amazing resume and novel and story he has. Um, beyond blessed to have him on tonight. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we will be back um, on Thursday. God bless. Much love. Good night, everybody. Cheers. <laughs>